All right, um, loved ones in Christ Jesus, this is Pastor Diodu Henry Apiakran, an ordained pastor of God and an, an altar as well. This very hour, I'm going to um, have a Bible discussions with you, some important uh, Bible questions, theological questions on this platform, Christian Chat, to help you understand some basic things or some basic doctrinal issues you have to know um, in your Christian life. So I'm going to uh, briefly answer these important questions with you. Uh, number one, who is Jesus Christ? Number two, why is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? Number three, once saved, always saved. Um, is it biblical? Can one lose his salvation? I'm going to share with you who is the Holy Spirit? What is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? What makes Christianity different from other religions? I'm going to also share with you what is sin, why does God allow evil, how do you explain the Trinity, can Satan read our minds, how do I get my prayers answered, number 12, how do I recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, number 11, and number 13, how do I know the will of God for my life, number 12, what is the difference be, uh, between being spiritual and being religious, number 13, it goes, what does the Bible say about homosexuality? masturbation and gambling the next question what does the bible say about sex before marriage um what is the difference between the soul and the spirit can christian be possessed how do i overcome sin in my christian life what is the mark of the beast what does the bible say about women pastors what is love and what is the anointing so i'm going to briefly answer these questions uh with you on this platform to help you know that uh, Christianity is a kind of um, faith, it's a kind of kingdom, a belief that we have to do. So, once again, uh, this is Pastor uh, Diodu Henry Apiakran, an ordained minister of God, just to share with you in this chat, uh, Christian chat forum, or in this wherever you are hearing me, to get these basic answers to help you in your Christian journey. So, the first question is, uh, who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? So, when someone asks you or you are asked, who is Jesus Christ? Let me answer this question biblically and um, to help you know who Jesus Christ is. Uh, basically, uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Mm. He is the Son of God and um, he was born of a virgin Mary. Um, there was no intercourse between a man and a woman before Jesus Christ was born. The birth of Jesus Christ was divine, it was supernatural. Um, the Holy Spirit breathed into a virgin woman called uh, Mary. And when the Holy Spirit breathed into um, the womb of Mary, the seed of Jesus Christ was formed in Mary. So Jesus is um, the Savior of the world. When you read the Old Testament by several men of God, Prophet Isaiah uh, prophesied about Jesus Christ. Uh, several prophets prophesied about Jesus Christ, who he, who he is, what is his mission. So, the, the mission of Jesus Christ that he came to die for our sins. That is the main um, plan of God that Jesus Christ came to die for our sins and rose again on the third day for our justification. So, Jesus is the Savior of the world. If you believe in him, 
you will have eternal life. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 3 verse 16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that for whosoever believes in him would not perish but will have an everlasting life. So if you put your faith in Jesus, uh, you receive eternal life for our sins because of our sins, Christ Jesus, Jesus means the Savior. Christ means the anointed. So the anointed Savior, he came to die for humanity and he rose again for our justification. If you read the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 23, Apostle Paul writes that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the Lord. And in Romans chapter 6 verse 23, the Bible says that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So the gift of God to mankind, to us, is Jesus Christ. So Jesus, through Jesus Christ, we can receive an eternal life. So who is Jesus? Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Jesus Christ is the Redeemer. He is the King of the whole world. In Him, we can receive salvation. In Jesus Christ, we can receive deliverance. In Jesus Christ, we can receive uh, justification and walk in power in our journey of life. The next question is, why is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? Why is Jesus Christ the only way to heaven? Now, very simple as that, uh, there have been several um, religious leaders who have come to pass. Some came, some have died, some are gone. But if you read the Bible carefully, in the book of John, chapter 14, verse number 6, uh, Jesus said that I am the way, I am the truth and the life, and that no one can come to the Father except by me. So there is no any other way except Jesus. All those who came before Jesus and who came after Jesus, they are all liars. They are all thieves. Jesus said those who came before me are thieves and liars. So Jesus is the only way that we can receive eternal life because he is the he is the light of God. He, he dwells in the bosom of God. He is the only one who knows God Almighty. He has lived with God Almighty in the beginning. So there is no any other way that we can receive salvation except Christ Jesus. He is a divine person. He is the one that carries the power. He is the only one that died for our sins and rose again on the third day. There have been several religions, several groups who are out there. They are deceiving many people. But in Christ Jesus, if you accept him as your Lord and your personal Savior, he grants you life. He grants you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes to live in the inside of you, he helps you in your end hours of life. So the reason why Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven is that um, he died and rose again. And there are very there are evidences in the Bible, in uh, evidences in several books, in theological books that Jesus Christ rose again. In archaeological books, what many books, there are many evidences to prove that Jesus Christ really died and rose again, and he is alive in heaven. And if you believe in him, you are going to receive eternal life in your Christian life. And then the question is, is, another question is, once saved, always saved, or is salvation by faith alone or by plus works? Or can one lose his salvation? Now, very simple here. Um, those questions have to do with uh, understanding what salvation is. Now, 
Salvation comes through Jesus Christ. What is salvation? Salvation means that deliverance from sin, deliverance from the devil. I get me receiving an eternal life. And what is eternal life? Eternal life means that um, you have the life of Christ in you. Eternal life means that when you die, you are going to receive an eternal glory with God Almighty. So, um, once saved, always saved. It's a very uh, good question that you have to know that, yes, a Christian can lose his salvation if he denies Jesus Christ. If he does not follow in the full steps of Christ, Jesus said, if you love me, you would obey my commandment. In the book of the Gospels, the Bible says, on the last day, many will say, Lord, Lord, in your name, we did wonderful works. In your name, we cast out devils. In your name, uh, we, we did many and greater works. But Jesus will say unto them, Depart from me, I never knew you, ye that worketh iniquity. So it is those who do the will of the Heavenly Father that can receive eternal life. So you can lose your salvation if you depart from the path of Christ. The Bible says that no whoremonger, no fornicator, no adulterer, uh, no idolater will inherit the kingdom of God. So child of God, if you stay in the light of the gospel, if you stay in the path of Christ, if you stay in the branch of Jesus Christ, you are going to secure your salvation in Jesus. So stay in line with the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to leave you. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you are going to stay aligned uh, with Jesus. Now, another question that people ask is, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, very simple here. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. The Holy Spirit is our guide. He is our comforter. When Jesus Christ was about to ascend to the heavenly Father, he said, I will send forth the Holy Spirit. He is the comforter, the paracletos, our helper, our teacher, our guide. I get in me. See? So the Holy Spirit, he helps us in our Christian journey. He knows our weakness. He knows our strength. So when we allow him to come with uh, to fellowship with us, he helps us. He empowers us. He shelters us. That is why in Romans chapter 8, verse number 20 says, the Bible says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He helps our infirmity. So the Holy Spirit, He helps in our weaknesses. He, he connects us to the, to the Lord Almighty. He empowers us. He teaches us the Bible. The Holy Spirit is the altar of the Word of God, of the Holy Bible. So the Holy Spirit is your personal guide. I have had several encounters with the Holy Spirit by God's grace, and He is a person that carries a presence. So, child of God, if you want to know the Holy Spirit, just have time with your biblical songs, anointed Christian songs, worship God and praise God and honor God in your room, in your chambers. You can talk with Him. He is a person. You can feel his presence. You can feel his power, the inner joy, the seat of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 down to number 22, that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, meekness, temperance, faith. So who is the Holy Ghost? Who is the Holy Spirit? He is your helper. He is a Holy Spirit. He is holy. He is perfect. He does not relate in sin. He loves things that are perfect, that are holy. So the Holy Spirit 
is your light. He is your guide. He is your perfect comforter. He is the only one that can empower you. He is the only one that can lead you to Christ. He is the only one that can reveal the truth unto you. He is the only one. He lives inside you. He lives in your heart. He lives in the inner being of you. He speaks to you softly. He speaks to your soul. He speaks to your, your spirit. He is the only one that can encourage, that can guide you, that can help you in times of uncertainty, in times of depression, in times of hopelessness. The Holy Spirit is your perfect guide and your perfect teacher in times of trouble. Connect with him and he will help you in your endeavors of life. Another question is, what is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? What is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? Now, very simple here. When you ascribe the things of God to the devil, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. For example, if you call an anointed man of God, a truly called man of God, a woman of God, a devil, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. I get me. If you if you intentionally insult, if you intentionally destroy the things of God, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If you appoint the things of God to the devil, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. If you if you take the name of God in vain, if you intentionally, consciously, uh, deliberately ascribe the things of God holy things, the church, the ministry of God to the devil, you are blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So, child of God, align yourself for the Holy Spirit to help you personally in your life. Another question is, uh, what makes Christianity different from other religions? Now, there are several religions in the world. There are several thousands of religions in the world, like the Islam, uh, the Buddhism, the Shintoism, Judaism. Several religions are out there. And what makes Christianity different from the other religion? Now, first understand that Christianity is not an, uh, a perfect religion. I, it's not, let's say, a religion. Christianity is a kind of uh, fellowship. Is a kind of kingdom that God has built inside us. Your heart is a seat of the Holy Spirit. Mm? Your heart is a seat of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, he lives inside you. So, child of God, what makes Christianity all the, um, different from all the religion is that Christianity gives you the time to have a personal relationship, a personal fellowship with God. You can talk with God like the other religions. They just perform that kind of traditions, all kind of tradition, maybe pray, do this, fast, do this. No. But for Christianity, we are able to relate. We are able to talk. We are able to communicate. We are able to to give our heart unto God. We are able to experience God. We are able to see the power of God. We are able to see the ultimate glory of God in our life. We can see the testimony. We can see the blessing. We can see the glory in our life, in people's lives. So Christianity makes a kind of unique fellowship that makes it unique. It makes it powerful for us to know who God is, who Christ is, who... It makes us understand what life is. Christianity explains the purpose of life. It explains why sin came into the world. It explains the purpose of God, who God is, how we can relate with God, 
how we can assemble God, how we can connect with God. Christianity allows us to discover ourselves, to know who we are, why we are on this earth, how the world came to be, why the world is in this way, and how the world will end. Christianity explains all these basic things. It helps us know the purpose of God's creation, the purpose of animals' creation, and everything in this life. So Christianity helps us understand the creation and the personality and our main purpose and our main vision in this life. Another question is, um, what is sin? Very simple here. Sin simply means you transgress against the word of God. Any deed, any virtue, any action that opposes, that challenges the Holy Bible is sin. So we have transgression, we have iniquity, we have trespasses. In every country, they have their constitution. In some country, they allow lesbianism, they allow gay they allow all kind of evil. The fact that a country accepts a kind of evil does not mean that it is acceptable in the light of God. Any deed or any action that challenges the Holy Bible, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, is sin. You get the key concept here. So, any rule or any uh, constitution that disagree with the Holy Bible is sin. So it can be even your thought, uh, it can be pride, it can be unholy anger. You see, the word of God, it casts around even our uh, personal deed. It goes deep into our thought, our emotion. That is why in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says that for the word of God is quick. It is sharper than any two-edged sword that can pierce to the ascender of our spirit, our soul, and the intent of our heart to child of God. Sin simply means that you transgress, you oppose, you challenge, and you disagree, or you do anything that opposes the Holy Bible. Another question is, why does God allow evil? Why does God allow evil? Very simple here. God has given us our free will. You see, God did not create human beings to be like a robot. No, we have our free will. So, the reason why God has allowed evil is that he does not want us to make us like to be like robots. No. He wants us to express our free will. He wants us to express our joy. He wants us to express our goodness. And evil is of the devil. So evil is not of God or sin is not of God. God knows evil, but he has not allowed evil to dwell inside him. So the reason why God allowed evil is that he, in his own purpose, in his own reason, so that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. So, child of God, why does God allow evil? God allows evil because of humankind's free will. God is not a dictator. God is not a dictator. He has given us our own power, our own glory, our own mindset, our free choice. So, you either choose good or bad. So, the devil is at work and God has prepared a time that is going to end evil once and for all. A time is coming. God is going to end evil. He's going to end our wickedness on the final judgment. So, child of God, in this time, we are in an imperfect world. In this imperfect world, the devil is at work. Satan is at work. Demons are at work. And God has given them a kind of um, time a life, you give me a span for them to work, and when that day ends, it's going to cut the devil off 
an evil wolf, and there's going to be a perfect love, a perfect joy, a perfect glory in the new heaven, in the new earth is going to be a glory of the child of God. So a time is coming, God is going to cut off evil from the race of humankind. Another question is, can Satan read our mind? Hear carefully, Satan cannot read your mind. Satan only um, just, he's just trying to guess. Satan cannot read our mind. He just gets to know what is, big. but no, no something here. Satan has lived with mankind for decades of years. He has lived with humankind for several years. So sometimes he can just predict, but the devil can never know what you are thinking. I get me. Satan can never know what you are thinking. It's only God who is omniscient. It is only God who is omnipresent. It's only God who is omnipotent. The devil is not omniscient. The devil or Satan is not omniscient. The devil is not omnipresent. The devil is not omnipotent. It's only God who has this attribute. So, child of God, never think that Satan can he can never read your mind. He just guessed. He just tried to play gamble to know what you are thinking. So, know this important key. Another question is, what is how do I know the will of God for my life? How do I know the will of God for my life? Now, to know the will of God for your life, you have to search the Bible because the Holy Bible contains the perfect will of God. If you want to know the will of God, search in the Holy Scriptures. Search in the Holy Bible because the Bible contains the mind of God. The Bible contains the, the, the wisdom of God. The Holy Bible contains the plans of God. If you want to know the will of God for your life, search the Bible. Read the Bible. The Bible says A. That's the will of God for your life. The Bible says B, that is the will of God for your life. You get a key concept here. Another question is, um, how do I get my prayers answered? How do I get my prayers answered? Very simple here. If you want your prayers answered, child of God, pray according to the word of God. If you pray according to the word of God, you are praying the will of God. If you stand on the word of God, you are praying according to the will of God. And when you pray according to the will of God, God will answer your prayer. Another way is that you must pray by faith. Pray by faith. If you add faith to your prayers, if you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, your prayers will get answered. I have had, when I pray the word of God, God answers my prayer. The Bible says that I will hasten to perform my word. So if you stand on the word of God, if you use a promise in the word of God, in the Holy Bible to pray, then God is going to answer all your prayers. If you pray in faith, not doubting, God is going to answer your prayers. Another question is, how do I recognize the voice of God? How do I recognize the voice of God or the voice of the Holy Spirit. Very simple here. The voice of God agrees with the Holy Bible. Any voice that challenges, that opposes the Holy Bible is not of God. So to recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit, first search the Holy Bible. Does that voice agrees with the word of God? Do you have an inner peace with you, an inner joy in you? In your inner witness, the Holy Ghost lives inside you. So if there is a conflict in your heart, if there is no peace in your heart, if there is no joy in your heart, child of God, that is not the voice of God. So to know the voice of God, it agrees 
with the word of God. It agrees with the Holy Bible. So take that note and know the word of God for your life. Another question is, what is the difference uh, being spiritual and religious? What is the difference being spiritual and religious? Very simple here. Being spiritual means that you work with the Holy Spirit. Being spiritual means that you you manifest the seed of the Holy Ghost. You manifest or you practice that you as you show the seed and the gift of the Holy Ghost. So, what is the seed of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter five, verse twenty-two? That the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, is peace, is meekness, is temp, is faith. So, if you are able to um. Uh, show this seed. If you're able to uh, exhibit this seed, the seed of love, the seed of peace, the seed of faith, joy, gentleness, long-suffering, um, patience, it means that you are spiritual. If you're able to um, exhibit the seed of the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're also spiritual. And what is being religious? Being religious simply means that you're just a church goer. You don't know Christ. You don't know Jesus. You just go to church. You just put on a cloth. Just attend church. You don't have a personal connection with God. That is being religious. So being religious and being spiritual means that a religious person does not know Jesus. A religious person does not uh, have time for the Holy Ghost. A religious person does not fellowship with the Holy Ghost. A religious person does not love God. A religious person does not have a personal encounter with God. But a spiritual person, he loves God. He follows God. Uh, he has the seed of the Holy Ghost. He has the fruit of the Holy Ghost. He works in love. He works in peace. He works in gentleness. That is a spiritual person. That is what? That is a spiritual so that is being a spiritual person that you align yourself with the seed of the Holy Spirit. Another question is, what does the Bible say about sex before marriage? What does the Bible say about sex before marriage? Very simple here. Now, God created sex for only married couples. In the book of Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto her wife and they shall be one flesh. So child of God, sex before marriage is not acceptable in the sight of God. The Bible says that know ye know that your bodies are the members of Christ Shall I join myself with a harlot? God forbid. So, child of God, if you are not married, you are not mandated, you are not obligated to engage in sex. Sex is only allowed in married couples. So, child of God, learn how to keep your vessel pure, learn how to keep your garment pure, because when you engage in sex before marriage, you are creating an ungodly soul towel. You are creating a covenant with people, child of God. It creates ungodly total, ungodly covenant, and it puts you into bondage. So, sex before marriage must be stopped. If you are not married, don't engage in fornication. Don't engage. If you are married, don't engage in adultery. Keep yourself sexually pure. Keep your garment pure. Because the Bible says that in your sanctification, abstain from fornication. So, sex before marriage 
is very, very abominable in the sight of God. According to the Holy Bible, in 1 Corinthians 6, 15, he talked about that. Know ye know that you, your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then make them a member of an harlot? God forbid. And he said that, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spiritual child of God. Sex before marriage is not allowed in the Christian uh, faith. Another question is, what is the difference between the soul and then the spirit? What is the difference between the soul and then the spirit? Now, very simple here. Um, our spirit is like a platform through which the Holy Spirit can connect with the human soul. And our soul is very simple here. Our soul is about our emotions, our desire, our willpower, our intention. So our soul is help us, help us to connect with human beings. Our soul helps us understand the emotions of human beings and the instinct of animals. Our soul enables us to reason, enables us to, um, to function as normal human beings. And our spirit is a platform through which the Holy Spirit can unite and can dwell within. So our spirit is like a bridge. The human spirit is a bridge through which the Holy Ghost can connect with the soul and can connect with the body. Very simple as that. Now, another question is, can Christians be possessed? Can Christians be possessed? Very simple here. A Christian believer cannot be possessed, but a Christian believer can be manipulated by evil spirit. Now, if you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives in the inside of you. If you are born again, the Holy Ghost, he lives in your inner man, he lives in your heart. So, there is no way that a demon or an evil spirit can live in a truly born-again Christian. But one thing is that you can be manipulated by evil spirit as a Christian. You can be uh, just be controlled in that way, but the evil spirit cannot live inside you if you are truly Born again because the Holy Ghost lives inside you, and the Holy Ghost cannot allow a demon to come and dwell with you in him. It's never possible. So get the key concept here. As a Christian, as a believer, as a child of God, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, as a born-again Christian, you cannot be possessed by demons, but you can be controlled or maybe be manipulated by demons if you allow yourself in that way. Another question is: how do I overcome sin? In my Christian life, how do I overcome sin in my Christian life? Very simple here. To overcome sin in your Christian life, very simple here. Number one, you must um, accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal. I believe you've done that in the first place. Number two, you have to have time for the word of God. If you're a Christian believer, you want to overcome sin, have time for the Word of God. Have time for the Holy Bible. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses number 2, the Bible says that as newborn babies, we must desire the sincere milk of the Word that we can grow thereby. So, child of God, you need the Word of God to help you grow in the Spirit. When you allow the Word of God to dwell in you richly, it can help you overcome sin. The Bible says that thy word have I hidden my heart that I may not sin against thee. In the book of Psalms, 
thy word have I hidden in my heart that I will not sin against thee. So when you hide the word of God, when you feed on the word of God, when you practice, when you obey, when you walk in the light of the gospel, it is very easy for you to overcome a sinful lifestyle. Another way is that disconnect from ungodly and bad friends. Don't choose a, a, a bad friend. People who are unrepentant and don't equally yoke with unbelievers because in Second Corinthians 6, 14, be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers for what has light to do with darkness. So child of God, don't equally yoke with people who are not born again. You can talk to them, but don't equally, don't equally yoke with sad people because they are going to corrupt your good manners. The Bible says that evil communication can corrupt your good manners. So the last another thing is that have time for the Holy Ghost. Do what? Have time for the Holy Spirit. Build a personal connection with the Holy Ghost to help you in your endless life to overcome sin in your Christian journey. Another question is, um, um, what is love? What is love? Now, very simple here. Uh, love simply means we have different kinds of love. We have the agape, we have the stereo, we have the sterigo, we have the filio, we have different kinds of love. But what I want to explain here is the agape, the unconditional love, the divine love. Of God, Jesus said, If you love me, you obey my commandments. So, love simply means that you follow the light of the gospel. Jesus told Apostle Peter, If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my lambs. So, to love God or to love, love means that you feed the sheep, you evangelize, you win souls for Christ, you expand the kingdom of God. You do things to expand, to glorify the things of God. You love means uh, you, you give to somebody. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. So if you love somebody, you give from your heart. You give from your soul. You give from your heart. Anything, any love, any deed that agrees with the word of God, that walk in light of the gospel, is the love of God, is the love of Jesus. So here is the love of God, the agape the divine love of God to show, to give, to sacrifice, to help somebody, to help somebody know Jesus, to help your loved one, to know, to help sinners know Jesus Christ. That is the love of God. So another question is, what is the anointing? What is the anointing? Very simple here. The anointing is the gift and the seed of the Holy Spirit. The anointing helps us do mighty works in the things of God. The anointing of God is the gift, is the seed, is the virtue of the Holy Spirit. So the anointing comes upon our lives to help us do extraordinary works. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. He lives inside you. You can grow the anointing. You can build the anointing by living in holiness, by having time for the word of God, and by building a prayer life. So child of God, I believe these short questions or these short answers will really help you in your Christian life. This is your pastor. This is Pastor Diodu Henry Apiakran. Pastor Diodu Henry Apiakran. And this short uh, discussion will help you understand some basic biblical questions in your life and it will empower you in your Christian journey. So once again, you are blessed, you are connected in Jesus Christ's name.